Luke chapter 1, Matthew chapter 2. Or excuse me, Matthew chapter 1, Luke chapter 2. If you want to be turning there, you can. Give everybody a second to get your finger in those two spots. Matthew chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2. You can put a finger in those two spots. We're going to pray and then we'll, we'll get started. Father God, we come to you this morning and I thank you that we can come and worship you, dear Lord. Not just at this time that we call Christmas, dear Lord, because the reality is that, that Jesus is triumphant every day. That, that we have reason to celebrate every day. God, that we, we shouldn't just wait till once a year. And, and dear Lord, I know, I know a lot of us, we don't. But, but God, sometimes I think we, we just... We, we miss some things about how important Jesus is. We, we get caught up in things and in, in what we call Christmas, dear Lord, that just, that just aren't important. And so God, I pray that today that you just guide my mouth to say the words that need to be said, God, that Jesus Christ would be glorified in this place, that you would help us to be excited for who Jesus is today and what he has done for us. So I pray that you bless the reading of your word today. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Amen. Title of the sermon this morning, Jesus. Because, because in reality, that is all that matters with anything in life, is, is Jesus. You know, we come to, to this season that, that we call Christmas. And I, I ask myself, what is Christmas? And, and, and if I'm honest... For, for, most, for at least me sometimes, and, and maybe for some of you, for, for many in the world, Christmas is decorations. Christmas is buying presents. Christmas is spending time with family. Christmas is uh, your favorite kinds of food. Uh, Christmas has, has become a lot of things. And, and to some of us and, and many people in the world, the reality is that that is what Christmas has become. We, we, we claim that, that Christmas is to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ and that that, that is what is most important for us. And, and, and maybe deep down it is, but even though we, we know that in our mind and know it in our heart, oftentimes uh, Jesus is overshadowed by things of the world. You know, Christmas is really a representation of, of what every day is like, in all honesty. It's a representation for, for many of us, and that is that we have an intellectual knowledge and a, and a heart knowledge of who Jesus is and what He has done. But all these other things begin to come and begin to, 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 to be placed in front of Jesus in our life. And that's not just true of, of the weeks surrounding Christmas, but it's true for some of us on a daily basis. We have all of these desires and all of these things, and some things which may not even be bad, but yet they, they, they take priority over Jesus. Now, many of the things that we do, decorating and, and presents and, and all of these other things we do, they're, they're not biblical. They're merely tradition. They're not anything that the Bible calls us to do. We are never called to even celebrate Jesus' birth by Scripture, nor do we see Jesus' birth celebrated for hundreds of years. Now, I know some of you, hear me out, let me get to the end of my sermon, some of you are saying, well, you're just a Grinch, you just don't like anything. That's not true. 
I like decorations. I got gifts under the tree, and I'm just as happy to open those gifts as anybody else. I'm looking forward to spending time with family. I'm looking forward to eating. I'm looking forward to all those things. But we don't want to get those things of the world confused with Jesus Christ. We don't want to get things of the world that we do that are merely traditional confused with the worship of Jesus Christ. Look, if we want to do those things, some people would say we shouldn't do those things as Christians, that a lot of these traditions we do are pagan and that they're evil things and we should never take part. I disagree with that. I think it's with the heart you do it. If you want to put up a Christmas tree and ornaments, and if you, if you don't feel convicted about that and give presents, then praise the Lord, let's do that. But, but we need to keep that separate from what worship as Jesus is. We can't just roll all those things into one and try, to, and try to fit Jesus in the box of all these Christmas traditions that we do and say, well, this is why we do that and this is why we do that. What we need to focus on more than anything is Jesus Christ. All the other things need to be in the background. All the other things, the decorations as great as they are, the presents, the family, the food, all of those things, as good as they are, they need to take a background to Jesus Christ. And it's not just one day a year. It needs to be every day for the Christian. You see, Jesus, Jesus should always be at the forefront. You know, the Bible never calls us to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, but it is good for us, I believe, as Christians, that we set aside this time. Even though we are not commanded to, I don't think that we are evil people for setting aside a day to come together and remember Jesus' birth. And it is a, a critical time. It is an important time for us to, to, to focus on as Christians. If you want to turn to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18... Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Some of you may say, well, I don't understand why we celebrate Christmas. I don't understand who Jesus is. I've never heard who Jesus is. I want to read to you today the start, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way. After his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is by the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. When Joseph got up from sleeping, he did as the Lord's angel had commanded him. He married her, but did not know her intimately until she gave birth to a son and named him Jesus. If you would flip over to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Continue on just a little further, not too long after Jesus was born. Luke chapter 2, verse 25. 
There was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to Israel's consolation, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he saw the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, he entered the temple complex. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to perform for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him up in his arms, praised God, and said, Now, Master, you can dismiss your slave in peace as you promised. For my eyes have seen your salvation. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people, Israel. Here we have probably one of the greatest things that has ever happened for any of us is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, coming to earth. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, whose birth was was a miracle. Jesus Christ came to this earth. He came to save people from their sins. That's you and me. We're people that sin, every single one of us. And here we see this guy named Simeon who was waiting. He he knew the the prophecy that was given. We talked about that last week, that the people of, of Israel, that God's chosen people, had waited for hundreds of years in darkness, so to speak, that the Lord didn't speak, that they were waiting for the promised Messiah to come. And some probably lost hope, but there were some who didn't. There were some like Simeon who were waiting for the Lord's Messiah to come, who were waiting for the one to come who was going to bring them redemption, who was going to make all things right. And Simeon said, For my eyes have seen your salvation. That is good news for us. You know, we call Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we call those the Gospels. Gospel means good news. It's good news because Jesus came. Jesus was the salvation that had been promised. Jesus was the hope that had been promised. Jesus was the one thing that was going to right all the wrongs, that was going to make everything right, that was going to be our solution for sin, that was going to take away all of the sin and everything that we had done. Jesus was the one whom God was going to send, who was going to fulfill everything and make everything right. And Jesus did just that. And some of you say, but wait a minute. Not everything is just right, because look at everything that's going on in the world today. But when Jesus died on the cross, He took everything that was a problem for us, and that is sin, and He said, look, I want to take that from you. I want to take that for you. Not so He could make everything better in this world, but so that we could have an eternity without worries, without sinfulness, without stress, without tears, without all of these things that we experience. And that was the promise that God made. That was the the Messiah that was prophesied. That is the one that Simeon and so many were looking for. They were looking for that salvation. And finally the day had come where God had fulfilled His prophecies. You have prepared it in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory to your people, Israel. 
You see, the people of Israel, they had always known of this coming Messiah. They were God's chosen people. God had spoken to them. God had prophesied to them. And Jesus Christ had come. And this text, as well as all of the rest of the text in the Bible, reminds us that yes, Jesus did come for the people of Israel, but Jesus came for all peoples. It would be a revelation to the Gentiles. That is, Israel already knew, but by the birth of Jesus Christ, everyone else was going to know that He is the Messiah that He is the one who has come. Christian, we have a lot of reason to celebrate. We have a lot of reason to celebrate this Christmas. But not just this Christmas. We have a lot of reason to celebrate every single day. We have a lot to be thankful for every single day. And there are so many things competing for our attention competing for our time. And that's true on Christmas, and that's true every other day of our life. There are so many things that are competing for us that Satan puts into our path. He wants to keep us with all he can from coming to the cross of Jesus Christ. He wants to keep us with all he can from coming to the Messiah, from coming to the one who brought salvation, from coming to the promised one who has made everything right, who has opened the door, who has given us an opportunity for victory because of what he did on the cross. Satan wants to try everything he can to keep us from Jesus Christ. And sometimes in my life he succeeds. Sometimes in my life when the cross should be at the front, and I know it should be at the front, it ends up that the cross gets pushed to the back. But you know, now is as good a time as any for us to examine our life and look at our life and see if that may be the case. It may be the case at Christmas. It may be the case every week. It may be the case from time to time. But we need to examine ourselves, Christian, and we need to be aware of when those times comes that we, that we begin to take Jesus off the top of our list and begin to put Him at the bottom of our list. And we want to be careful not to do that. We want to, to celebrate uh, Jesus' birth, but, but, but not just for His birth, but because of everything that it led to, because of everything that it meant. There are so many things that we see and that we can learn about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ all the way from His birth until His very death on the cross. Through the birth of Jesus Christ in a lowly manger, we see the humility of Jesus Christ we see that we serve a humble Savior. I mean, let's not forget, Jesus is the Son of God. Let us not forget that Jesus came from a perfect heaven to come here, to this mess that we live in. And He came humbly, not born in a palace, not born with all the every, every riches and all the things that one could desire. He came and He was born in a manger. And so when we think about Jesus' birth, let us think about our humble Savior. Let it cause us to reflect on our life and bring a little humility to us. Perhaps sometimes we become proud. Perhaps sometimes we become concerned with things that are not really important in the grand scheme of things. Perhaps there are times in life that we ourselves as Christians need to be humbled. Perhaps there are some of you this morning and you've never trusted in Jesus Christ. And you're proud because you think you're good enough and you're going to make it and you're going to earn God's favor because of what you are. I've got news for you. You need to be humbled. We serve a Savior who didn't come uh, with an iron fist, who didn't come just causing havoc. We, we serve a Savior who came humbly 
is an example for us of how we should live. We see the birth of Jesus. We see humility. We see the life of Jesus. We see everything between, between the manger and between the cross. We have the life of Jesus Christ. And we see in Jesus a life that is full of compassion. We see a Jesus who didn't come to judge, who didn't come to, to condemn people. He came to offer grace. Now, he preached at people sometimes. He told them some hard stuff sometimes. But Jesus was a compassionate Lord and Savior. He wants to have compassion on you. If you've never accepted our humble Savior, i got news for you. He wants to have compassion on you. We see people all throughout the text that Jesus Christ had compassion on. And some of them were righteous and religious people. And some of them were the worst of the worst that nobody wanted to have anything to do with. The nasty old sinners, the dirty people, the sick people. And you know what? Jesus had compassion on them. And we're dirty, nasty old sinners just the same. And if you've never accepted Jesus Christ and put your trust in Him, then I've got good news for you today. He wants to have compassion on you. He wants to forgive your sins. He wants to be your Lord and Savior. He wants to give you joy. That's the Jesus who we worship. Not just one day a year, but every day of our life for the Christian. It's the Jesus that we worship every day of our life. We worship our humble Savior. We worship the fact that He was compassionate. And we praise Him for the fact that He was selfless. He had a humble birth and a compassionate life, and He had a selfless death when He went to the cross. You know, Jesus knew. He knew from the get-go what He was coming for. He knew when He was in that cross, or was in that manger, He knew that that cross is what awaited Him. There's a song that, that, a, that a guy sings. I can't think of his name right now. And one of the, the, the lyrics of the song is, uh, did, the shadow cast, or did the cross cast a shadow over your cradle? Jesus knew when He come. That's what makes Jesus all the more worthy of our praise. He knew what was going to happen. He knew that He was going to be born and that He was going to face difficulty and that His only end was going to be death on this cross on this earth. And while that would have been the end of his earthly life, he knew that wasn't the end of everything. He knew that that was only the beginning. If you hadn't accepted in Jesus Christ today, I want to ask you a question. Why? Why? Because you know why Jesus came and was born a humble birth? Do you know why He, he lived a compassionate life? And do you know why He died a selfless death? It was because of you. It was because of you. It was because of each and every one of us. Because He said, I want something better for them. You see, we read in the Old Testament, when we see the hard times, we see all the difficult things in Israel's past. We saw that the people continued to struggle. And God said, look, I want something better for them. Jesus wanted something better for us. Jesus wanted to be with us. Ain't that crazy? Think about Jesus. Perfect Jesus. Now think about all the rotten stuff that you do. And Jesus still wants to be with you. And Jesus gave His life selflessly. He didn't fight. He didn't leave you on your own to fend for yourself. He said, look, I want Him. And I want her. 
And He died on a cross. And it wasn't the end. He was in the grave for three days and He was resurrected and He became victorious. He conquered sin. He conquered death. And so therefore, He has victory. Over all the things that we struggle with, Jesus has given us victory so that we don't have to give in to the temptation of sin, so that we don't have to fear death. Jesus has already won the victory, and Jesus wants to share the victory with each and every one of us. And that's the Lord and Savior that we serve. That's the Jesus that we worship. That's the Jesus that we should devote our time and our praise to, not just one day a year, but we should devote ourselves to Him every day of our lives. The Bible never calls us to celebrate Christmas, but it's good for us to celebrate Christmas. It's good for us to celebrate Jesus anytime. But the Bible does call for us to celebrate not His birth, but His victory. The Bible calls for us to celebrate the sacrifice that He made. The Bible says, look, I want you guys to take, take the Lord's Supper. I want you to do this in remembrance of Jesus Christ. And so on this Christmas season, while oftentimes we, we focus on Jesus' birth, today we're going to not only focus on His birth, but we're going to focus on His death. We're going to focus on His victory, and we're going to focus on His life. Because that is not just what Christmas is about. That is what being a Christian is about. I'm going to ask the deacons if they would please step forward. Everybody else can remain seated. As we partake the Lord's Supper today, not only are we remembering our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ's birth, but we are remembering everything that He did. We do this to remember what He gave for us so that we could have the hope that only He can give. And that's what Christmas is, is hope. That's what Jesus is, is hope. Because without Him coming to this earth, without His birth, and without His death on the cross, you and I would be hopeless. But we have reason to celebrate. We have reason to worship. Let us worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, today. Let's pray. Father God, we come to You this morning and we thank You for, for coming for us. We thank You for leaving a perfect heaven to come to this rotten old earth, God. We thank You for loving us so much that You gave Your life for us. We thank You for being the example that You are for us, dear Lord. And I pray that this Christmas season, dear Lord, that that we would have fun doing these things that we like to do. God, there's nothing wrong, I don't think, with us having a good time, sharing a few presents, decorating a few decorations, eating a few meals, God loving our family. Dear Lord, those are good things. Help us to do them with the right heart. But God, that's not what Christmas is. Christmas is Jesus. And God, help us to focus on Jesus, not just this week or this season. But God, help us to focus on Jesus every day. Help, help Jesus to be recalled to us, to our spirit, to our heart, to our mind. Help us to have the same joy and excitement that we saw Simeon had because he realized 
that the Messiah, that salvation, that redemption had come, dear Lord. And help us to realize just how important that is. God, that before Jesus Christ there was no hope. And apart from Jesus Christ there is no hope. So God, that if there is one in here today that has never accepted Jesus Christ and never experienced that hope, God, that they would do so this morning. That in these few moments, God, that we would just pause in silence. That we would examine our hearts. And if there's one that's never accepted you, Lord Jesus, that in their heart they would acknowledge that you are the Son of God. That you lived a perfect life. That you came to be the forgiveness of our sins. And that you gave yourself selflessly on the cross so that we may be forgiven. And we thank you for this Lord's Supper we're about to partake in, dear Lord, that we do this for the remembrance of you. And I pray that you would help us to examine our hearts, that you would forgive us of our sinfulness, God, and that we would celebrate you today. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen.